0: Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast, presented to you by Instasize, where we interview content creators and influencers you love to follow. This is a behind-the-scenes look into the content you see. All right, everybody, welcome to the uh, Instasize Unfiltered Podcast today. We are so thrilled to be here with Nikki Ratula. today. How are you doing, Nikki?
1: I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm doing so great, thank you so much for doing this for us today. We are so thrilled to interview you and talk to you and hear about your amazing life.
1: Thank you so much for having me I'm so humbled i love I love talking I love it all. Thank you
0: yeah. <laughs> I love that <laughs> I love talking too, so I'm excited to talk to you let's just start I want to hear kind of how you got started on social media like what what inspired you to start you know just on social media in general um so when I I think
1: it was, like, beginning, it was, like, end of middle school, beginning of high school, I was an avid fan of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Um, I played soccer my whole life, so I just looked up to that team so much. And then around that that age is when I started thinking about, you know, my sexuality and my identity and my queerness. And, I mean, that whole team, like, half of them are queer, or at least they're all, you know, it's like women's soccer. It's a huge queer world. And I, I just fell in love with the team and saw, I was in love with the sport and... I just decided I would show how much of a fan I was, and so I started writing songs for them. Uh, some of them I wrote originally. Most of them, though, I took from popular songs and I just changed the lyrics. And I made a YouTube channel for that, and that just kind of blew up within that fandom. I gained a lot of a lot of people who followed me on Instagram and YouTube and whatnot, just because they saw what I was doing with the team, and you know, I met some of the players, and I just kind of became like my own little unit in within the fandom and as I grew older eventually I just it was, I, I kind of look at it like my Disney Channel days I just grew up and kind of <laughs> realized like, okay, I want to make like my own music now like you know then I fell in love with my girlfriend and I. I've been together for three years now and when we first started dating that's when I really started you know I kind of had something to really write about for myself it wasn't just for the team or was it making up breakup stories I actually had something to write about and So it was this switch that I had already built this little fan base of people who just loved what I was doing, and then I just used that to grow as my own musician, as as my own artist. And, I mean, people also loved seeing pictures of my girlfriend and I. I. I came from a very lucky, lucky family, you know, in regards to coming out. And so I was able to freely share my story with her and
0: my music with her, and it just kind of blew up from there. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome! Your story is so so cool to me, and I actually saw some of those videos this morning on YouTube with like the USA soccer team thing. I think it was your show So cool. Uh, they're so cringy. Sometimes they're
1: so cringy because I'm so young, but I mean I love it. I I miss it. I miss the whole, the whole thing. But I just knew that I'd been doing it for so long, and you know I just kind of wanted to. You know, a lot of my fans at that in that uh, in that channel were like preteens, were younger girls, and which there's no problem with that, but as I got older, I realized that I wanted to cater to people who are growing up with me and more my age and just kind of everybody, and so, yeah, I I, I still love them. I I love looking at them. My girlfriend laughs at them, but um, she's she's great. (laughs) She's so supportive. She was so supportive, like, I mean, I was ending it when we first started dating, and so she was like, I stalked all your videos, and I was like, oh, no, (laughs) but
0: I mean, it got me to where I am, so. That's awesome. That is so cool, and so, you kind of, when you, did you start like your Instagram when you started creating music or kind of how did that like succession work? did you already start making music and then you're like, oh, I'm going to take this to Instagram or how did it kind of start?
1: So I had, I mean, like when Instagram came out, I like made one and I post all the funny videos that you post when you're in middle school and or pictures. I mean, videos weren't there, but um yeah. So for a while I hid that I did music. I was kind of embarrassed by it, especially the the U.S. soccer ones. I just, I didn't think anyone would get it and i was kind of a loser in high school and in middle school and i was just like whatever i'll just like keep doing this on my own i'll build my little army <laughs> on my own and no one will know about it and i that's what i did for a while and then i think i don't even remember when i posted my first youtube video on my i made another channel for just like acts like me not like usa stuff and i was like i'm just going to post one video of me i think it was rolling in the deep by Adele. and i posted one video of me singing it on youtube and then i kind of was like okay i'll start sharing it and i shared it on like facebook I didn't share it on Instagram yet. And then with the US soccer stuff, I kind of, it's lame, but I had like a fan account for the team in middle school on Instagram or whatever. I, you know. I had one. I, love I had one for a little bit and I built fans and then I had my own Instagram. And then I just realized like as I was, you know, building my music, um, I kind of just slowly, I don't know, I just started using Instagram like just as like a personal thing. And it really wasn't until when my girlfriend and I started dating because we met online. So people, you know, it was like one of those Tumblr lesbian things people saw. And it was a thing, and people liked it. And I just built from there, and I was like, okay, I'm gaining fans. Not fans, I'm gaining people, like, I'm gaining followers through this process, and people are being directed to my music. And I was starting to write music I was proud of. So that's kind of, it kind of was like I was always using Instagram, but it really started, I started going for it, you know. when Because I, I started taking music seriously when we first started dating, because that's when the true music was coming out. So that's kind of when I was like, okay, let's do it.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Oh, my gosh. And your music is incredible. In fact, like, I've actually been a fan of yours before I even, like, knew that we were interviewing you. Because I, I listen to Spotify songs all the time. And one one of my favorites was, I think, that was one of your new ones actually, Stones.
1: Oh, thank you. And I thank love you. that
0: song. Can you kind of tell me, like, what what's the story behind that? Like, what inspired that song?
1: So, I mean, as as – most queer people I hope would know, um, you know, the stoning law in Brunei passed, or passed, like, I think, what, two months ago now or something like that. There's, in the news that the country of Brunei had, had made it legal, basically made it criminal to um, be gay or, as they say, you know, com- like, act on homosexuality, whatever terms they want to use. Um, and it was just kind of, I mean, I know that I had a really, like I said, a really lucky coming out and living in the United States you know, like, as a country, we're more forward than everywhere else, and, you know, of course, states differ and whatnot, but that was really just an eye-opener, again, was, like, I just realized that, wow, like, we are so lucky, like, there's a country where you can be stoned to death, which is such a medieval way to die, and such a torturous way to die, and it just, it just made me so angry, and just was, like, I had to do something, and I knew that, like, I couldn't go and walk to the You know, the guy and be like, hey, can you stop doing that? Like, I had to really, I know people were talking about it, and people were, you know, talking about uh, boycotting his his hotel and all that stuff, and I just was like, we need something, we need to keep going, because I I just had a feeling it was just going to be a couple people talk about it for a little bit, and then it's done, and so I was like, I need to just, I had a writing session that day, and I walked in, and I worked with Brandon Rogers, who's gay himself as well, and Mm -hmm. I just was like, hey, did you hear about that? Like, that's, you know, we got to do something about it, so... We just sat down, we wrote that song, and at first I was like, awesome, like, this is great, and then my manager was the one who's like, let's get it out right now, like, it's happening right now, people need to hear it, let's do it, and so that's why we just literally wrote it, and then, like, a week and a half later, it was out, and we were just like, we need, we need the community to hear this, and we need, I don't know, just, I'm really proud of it, and it's, it's, it made me tear up, and I don't cry to my own songs, because that's the one song that I've cried to, to my own song, and um. But yeah, it just, it meant a lot. And I'm the feedback was amazing that people here in the United States as well were like, I feel like I'm living that too. And so thank you for, for pointing that out. And, you know, they ended up overturning the law. And then I know that wasn't from my song, but it was just like, see, like we can do something about it. And it just was, it was the first time I really felt like I was trying to be an activist through my music. I mean, I already write love songs for my girlfriend. I try to do it in a very normalized way but this was the first time I was specifically trying to write like for like the queer community. And yeah, I just, that's kind of where it came from.
0: That's amazing. That is such a cool like story. And I had heard about that so that I, I wondered if that was what that was leading to So that is so cool. You, you you know, shaped your music that way. So tell me, like you, you kind of said like, I got really lucky, you know, with my coming out story. Like do you, would you, are you open to sharing that story with our listeners
1: for sure. I mean,
0: it's funny. My my
1: coming out was – there's not really – there wasn't really a coming out. Um, so I had ho- – my girlfriend, Hope, she's my first everything. I never dated anyone, never did anything. She's my first love, my first – you know, all of it at once. And um, before then, I just never – I knew I was different. I always – and, you know, being a – I was a musician for the – not a musician for the women's soccer team, but that whole community – opened my eyes to gay women and masculine women. And I was a little scared why I was so interested by it. I was like, why do I care so much about these girls? I was like, you know, I, I realize now that I just wanted to be one of them. And um, I just kind of always knew I was different. I knew I wasn't straight, that was for sure. I just didn't like boys. I wanted yeah. to be like a boy. I didn't I didn't want to like a boy. Um, and so when my girlfriend uh, and I met online and then I told my family that, hey, this girl's coming to meet me. We had already been talking for like a month and a half. They've met her over FaceTime. And when she came here right before she ever came to California to meet me, my mom asked like, are you going to kiss this girl? And I was like, like, I'm going to be too scared to kiss her. But if she kisses me, like, you know, that's it. And that was the first time I'd ever expressed that to my mom. And she was just like so excited. And then my family just watched us fall in love in in there in front of them and that kind of, I mean, they knew it. They knew that we were in love. That, that's all they needed. And so there wasn't ever, like, hey, mom and dad, I'm gay. It was just, like, I'm in love with this girl. And that's all of us. I mean, I had a pride flag in my room for, like, two years up until that point. Like, it was, wow. it was pretty obvious. Like, my parents tell me now. Like, I knew way before. And, you know, and my coming out really was just on my Instagram. I posted a picture of her and I kissing after we first met. And that was it. I didn't say anything other than, I think the, cap- the caption literally was just, like, you. And so that was it. It wasn't, like, a big thing. Yeah. It was just, you know, they were just seeing me do it, and I, I guess, like, you know, ideally, I wish everyone had that. It was just about, you know, I found someone. It's not, like, this big presentation or anything, but, you know, obviously, that's not how the world works right now, and but I, I got really lucky. It was really just, they were, they just saw me fall in love, and that's all they cared about.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. So, What, like, did you, in doing that, like, when you did come out, like, on social media, like, I guess it wasn't really, like, a big, hey, you know, like, a big announcement or anything, but Mm -hmm. did you deal with any, like, backlash?
1: Um, honestly, not really. I mean, I don't, I can't think of anything. When I came out as gay, I didn't really, like, uh, with anybody that I knew personally or anybody, I was really lucky. There was not, there's nobody that, like, I can't even think of anybody. The only time that I had any, some sort of backlash um, as a queer person was actually when I cut my hair. I cut my hair really? off um, last April, so it's been a little over a year now, and it was actually shockingly from the community itself Um but yeah, like, when I cut my <laughs> hair, all of a sudden everyone was telling me that I'm trans, that I'm, I'm waiting, my time's going to come, and that I was just being... I was denying, you know, who I really was, that I was just another lesbian who cut their hair off. And it just, it was really difficult because just, I mean, like it, you know, and they were trying to make it seem like they made me feel guilty because I was like, I'm not trans. I i know I'm not, but then I felt like negativity towards that. And I was like, being trans isn't a bad thing. Why are they making me, you know, it was this weird mental moment yeah. for a couple of months after I'd cut my hair. And it just was mind blowing that it was from, The people that I was coming from was from the community. It was all people who were identified as queer. And it was just really hurtful that, you know, as a community, we're so for moving forward and letting everyone identify how they identify and, you know, finding and being on that journey themselves. And the fact that these people were trying to place me into something, it just, it was so hypocritical and so... It was just, it was awful. And I I talked a lot about it though, and it took a while for me to really figure out what I wanted to say. But eventually, I made so many different posts about it, and there's so many people who felt like me, and they were like, oh my God, like I'm not the only one. And so that kind of gave me this whole new level of confidence, and this whole new, I connected so much deeper with so many of my followers, and it just was this whole thing that we all learned together. And wow. I'm really proud that I was able to point it out in the community. But, I mean, it still happens now and again, but that was really the only time I received any sort of backlash with any point in my identity
0: was that. Wow, that's incredible. Like, I mean, to think about, you know, how far it's come, like probably, you know, 20 years ago, it might have been a different story, right? Right. So that's great. I mean, um, so, like, what is, like, the one message you would want people to like, learn from you, like, if they visit your Instagram or if they, you know, come to this podcast and they hear from you, what would be, like, the one thing you would want them to, like, remember you by? Oh, man.
1: (laughs) That's a, that's, that's it's hard to think of, you know, like, one thing that you could, you know, ultimately my goal with everything, um, whether it's just posting pictures with my girlfriend or just, you know, of myself or my music, really, is just trying to show, the world and show others like me that you can be exactly how you are you know no one you don't have to do anything other than just be yourself and I, I mean as cliche as that is is the truth you know like you everyone should be able to live their authentic lives and everyone shouldn't be ashamed to live their authentic lives and however that is I think everyone has the right to do that and I think also I'm just trying to normalize queer relationships in the media and queer relationships in music. You know, I'm not writing a song totally. for my girlfriend that's about like, hey, this is a strictly gay song. It's just it's just a regular love song that happens to be a girl to another girl. And I want that normalized for other queer other queer kids out there, you know, like I feel like a lot of the queer songs right now are about like hooking up with a girl when you're drunk or something like that. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's extra. It's not just like another love song for two queer kids. You know, like, that's what I'm trying to do. And that's the approach I'm trying to take with my music and just as a person. And I want to be that for, you know, I wish I had that when I was growing up, you know. And that's what I want to do.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And you really can tell, like, I don't know, even just from going through your Instagram, going to your website, like, learning all these things, that's, like, it's very, like, clear that that is, like, your message. And I think that's really cool that you've been able to inspire others through that. And I guess my question with that, like, is there something, like, you wish you could have, like, if you could go back in time, right, and, like, tell yourself when you were younger, is there something, like, you would tell yourself, like, before you kind of, like, came out about everything and were, like, you know, told your family, told your friends, told your people, like, followers on Instagram, like, is there something you would tell yourself when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, for my specific situation, it's easier, It's it would be easy to tell myself that it's not as scary as you think it is. Because for, for me, it was really I was just scared of coming out to myself. That was the big thing. Coming out to everybody else I knew it was going to be a breeze. Again, like, I know that that's really privileged. I'm super privileged when it comes to my coming out. And I know that for a lot of people, even coming out to yourself is scary because you realize you're going to have to go through a lot of shit before you get, yeah you know, <laughs> you know, so it's it's hard for me to say that. But then, I, you know, in my specific situation, I wish I could tell myself that it's not as scary to come out to yourself as you think it is. But to everybody else, I would I would – really try to push that while losing blood family is terrifying, at the end of the day, you have the right, and you will find your chosen family. You will find that group of people that love you, that support everything about you, that are there for you, that you can be your authentic selves. Those people are out there. It's just they're going to either find you or you're going to find them. But I know that it's terrifying, and unfortunately, that's how the world is right now, and I wish I could change that in a heartbeat, but you know those people are going to be out there and if it's not if it's not right away you know i'm there for i i want to be i want to be that person for those people who don't have yeah. anybody and i just it's really just you can make your own family you have your chosen family and you know it's it's like i could keep going on about like all of this but that's really kind of like the main thing you know outside mm-hmm. of my own situation Oh, i
0: love that and i think that's like a message a lot of people need to hear right Like, Mm -hmm. I I completely agree. And how do you, like, I guess, how do you feel like social media has really, like, given that message? Like, how has it aided in, like, the LGBTQ, like, community's message that, you know, like, it's okay. Like, you have a family. Like, how has social media kind of played a role in that?
1: I think a massive role. I mean, I think first and foremost, the sense of community and then the sense of representation. So I think, you know, first off, just seeing you know, all sorts of queer people online, you know, not just the, you know, pretty down version that we see in movies, like literally anybody. You could find every shape and form and look of a queer person. You know, we look so different. Everybody looks so different. I think that's really hidden in media. You know, people just want something that looks like everybody else. And so it's awful, but you search social media, you'll find people who are living fully as they want to live and how they identify. And it's beautiful
0: it's amazing yeah. and you don't
1: see that you don't see that in the regular media so i think that's a huge thing and then on top of it that sense of community where you're talking with other people you're sharing with other people you find your groups and your followers and friends online that all like not, like the internet can be a shitty place but it also can be a really safe place for people you know people can have their private accounts where their family can't see and they can, you know, live, (laughs) talk as gay as they want with everybody, you know, like, you know, have that queer family finally. And, and then on top of it, companies like Instasize, you can make these apps and can make like rainbows and everything. And, you know, everyone can get involved to this community online that's, you know, everyone can have access to across the entire world. And I think it's just, it's beautiful. And I think when it's done right, and it's not abused, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing.
0: Oh, I agree for sure. And I, I was actually going to tell you too. Like, we, um, we just released like a sister app called Made, and it's specifically for stories. Just you know, making your stories on Instagram look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we actually have an entire like pack dedicated to Pride, and we're actually That's donating. That's so amazing. Yeah, and we're donating a dollar, um, to the Trevor Project. Are you familiar with the Trevor Project? I love the Trevor Project what is really cool is we're donating like a dollar every time someone uses the pride like template in made we're that's donating awesome. a dollar to the Trevor project so we're we're like super excited about that and I feel like social media there's so many cool social movements with social media so mm-hmm. that we're just excited to be a part of that um, that's exactly what makes social media
1: such a great place and you know like the fact that just it's it's there it's a safe place like just imagine, like, one queer kid who's in the closet, but, he, like, they see that there's an app where they can have, you know, they can post whatever they want with this awesome filter that's pride-oriented. Like, that, to see that, like, companies care about that, and then on top of that, it's being donated. Like, that's amazing. And I think, you know, I I know that's a big thing that the queer community talks about when Pride Month rolls around, that we see these companies who make rainbow flags and rainbow rainbow shirts and rainbow stuff, but then it's only to make money off of the queer community but then when you have companies like Made or you know I think like IKEA has their bags that they're donating 100% of the profits to the human rights campaign like stuff uh-huh. like that when it's used right that's when it's that's when it's you know we can appreciate it and I think that's awesome that you guys are doing that.
0: Totally, totally. And I, we were actually talking, because we actually have a member of our team who is part of the queer community, and we were asking, like, if it gets annoying when people kind of, like, slap on a rainbow or, you know, talk right. about pride just to get, like, you know, oh, you know, like, the recognition. And I don't know what mm-hmm. is your perspective on that. Like, I mean, you kind of already covered that, but do you have, like, an opinion on that at all?
1: Yeah, I think, like I said, it all depends on the... Intent, you know, and I think it also all depends on what the company is doing the rest of the year. If the company is silent the rest of the year when issues come up, or they have horrible rights when it comes to their employees and they're not hiring queer employees and stuff like that, then I think it's all for show. And I think that that's that's horrible to just market yeah. off of, off of pride, which on top, which pride is already is supposed to be, it, it, you know, it came from a freaking riot and a protest. It's not supposed, you know, it's we've made it into the celebration of ourselves, but I think we can't forget where we can where it came from, where pride itself came from. And so I think if companies are aware of that and company you know, if we I'm trying to get my words right, but um you know, there are companies that will not say anything on, on pride the whole year or they explicitly won't hire queer employees or they have bad queer rights or whatever, like that's when it's it's wrong. But a company yeah. that you know is working to make sure they're hiring queer queer employees and they have rights for whether they're, you know, they're trans employees, healthcare rights and stuff like that. Like if they're actually a part of the community the rest of the year, I think we can get, we can stand by it. And especially if they're donating proceeds to um, organizations that are helping queer homeless kids or trans kids or whoever, you know, I think it all comes from the rest of the year because one month is not enough. It's got to be, and I understand that like can't have rainbow stuff all year round you know what if we were yeah. going to talk about like business but in the background and in the foreground they can do a lot more and I think if they do it the rest of the year that's where I can stand by a company.
0: Totally oh I love that that was a perfect answer so, wow thank you so much because I, I completely <laughs> agree and I like I just appreciate hearing that from you um So I guess I just have a couple more questions for you to wrap up here. For sure. If you had the opportunity, like, if you could, like, wave a magic wand and you could change one thing about the world, like, what would you change and why?
1: Oh, okay.
0: I think hmm,
1: there's so many things that I would change, but I think one thing that I could change that, if it were changed, could change everything else, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's my loophole here. I I just wish that everyone – was more empathetic. I think if everyone in this world had more empathy and was able to think for themselves, you know, I don't want to point out religion here, but, you know, when people are growing up with a certain religion or hear about a certain religion, I wish that people were able to also take that in, think about it, create their own thoughts with it, and then be empathetic at the same time. I think that would be a game changer. If people just weren't so easy to listen to other things and formulate an opinion, like really think about and have their own mind and their own identity, nobody else's but their own, I think on top of with empathy, I think that can change a lot of things in this world.
0: I completely agree. I love that. Just just caring for people, like caring about what they're going through and understanding their point of view. I love that. Right. I love that. And I hope one day that that happens too. I like, man, that'd be, what a world that we'd live in if everyone was that way. It'd be awesome. Right. (laughs) It'd be so awesome. Um, so where do you, like, when you are like, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but when you are creating a song, like when you are thinking about writing a song, like what inspires it? Like you said, you mentioned your girlfriend, like, is there like specific times where it's like, oh, there's one moment that you're writing about or like, what inspires your music?
1: Yeah. Like, like I, yeah. I mean, you touched on it. My girlfriend, I mean, I live with her. I'm madly in love with her. I'm going to spend the rest of my days with her and you know, the ups and the downs, the cute moments, the upsetting moments, whatever it all comes from that. But then also I I don't like to write music. I mean, it's funny. I don't like to write music if I don't have my own like personal experience with it. I mean, I will if I have to, of course, but I, I, I personally, I have to pull from my own experiences for me to write a proper song and so, you know, my girlfriend's one. My family dynamics, you know, family dynamic is changing right now. So that, that has inspired a lot of songs that I've been just writing to get out of my head. And, you know, and then stuff that comes up in the queer community, just about things in general. Every, I just, my whole goal when I write music is that I want someone to be able to listen to it and understand me better, understand where I'm coming from, and then also see what I'm trying to do for not only the community just for people in general you know yeah i just really want to help people you know for people who don't have the voice or don't have a platform i want to help elevate that and i want to help get their voices out and i want to do that through my music and so i'm working right i'm right now i'm actually working on my new ep and that's been a big thing that we've been thinking about is what songs do i want on that ep what do i want to say to these people what do I want to say to people who've never heard my music before, like what do they need to know about me and what I'm trying to change in this world? And so that's kind of where it all comes from. That's
0: so exciting. That's awesome. And do you have like a release date for your EP or are you just kind of working on it right now?
1: Yeah, we don't have a release date this uh, yet. It's still a little early, but that's all I've been doing this, this month and the last month is just writing sessions, recording sessions, just, Basically, coming up with the you know the actual songs for the EP, but we're hoping that by the end of this year we'll be able to get it out. And then, you know, I'm like I said, I had my like U.S. Women's National Team days, and I had kind of my now I previously had like my singer-songwriter, acoustic, chill days, and I've been growing since that too. And I don't want people to just think I'm just another girl with a guitar. You know, I want to be bigger than that. So I've been, you know, working on writing new stuff, and I've been working on my own production skills and. Just, I'm really excited for this new era and this new wave of music to just really become a full force in the music industry for myself and for my entire queer community. And, yeah, it's really exciting. So, I, you know, I oh. wish it was faster, but... Yeah, got to be the right songs, right?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Well, I cannot wait for that to come out, and I'm I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be listening in on that for sure. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, and then last question, I know that we've kind of been following your journey, and are you, like, graduated from college now, or are you, like, what's kind of, like, the next thing, like, for you in your life? Um. Yeah, so I
1: graduate uh hopefully i mean i'm taking four online classes this summer and then i've got i think like four left for this next semester so hopefully after this upcoming semester i can graduate and then fully focus on my music and my music career um yeah and like like i said working on the ep right now while also trying to do homework and i'm i want to get it done i want to get my degree out of the way i went i you mean, know i'm first-born American in my family to go to school in the U.S. I mean, of course, they all only went to school in Finland, so that's another feat in itself. But, you know, it's like I've got this far in school, and I'm still young, and I'm able to still work on my music, so I want to just get it out of the way for myself and for my family. And then, I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to get this EP out while I'm still finishing up school, so it's going to be great. So right now, yeah, it's just basically trying to graduate as soon as possible, but also get this EP out as soon as possible and just start this music industry. I don't know oh, journey whatever.
0: That's so whenever. exciting! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. And I didn't know that you were from Fin like your family's from Finland. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I figured you were from like like over that way because your last name seems like it would be from that like region. So that's really cool. And so your both of your parents are Finnish.
1: Yes. So they, my entire Finland family lives in family lives in Finland except my parents, my brother, and then my cousin and her husband and kid live in New York. Um, but everybody else lives in Finland, and they're all from there, all born there, some 100%, so I'm trying to make Finland proud as well. I know there's there's a couple Finnish artists out there. I know there's one bigger one, Alma. She's awesome, and so I'd love to just get up on that stage, just where she is, conquering the U.S. Yeah, oh my gosh,
0: that's so, so cool. Well, I am so thrilled that we got to talk to you today, Nikki, and thank you for inspiring people and your music and through the way that you live like I I'm inspired so I just appreciate you being you and like I know there's thousands of other people that think the same thing but anyways I just appreciate your time today on the podcast and I am is there anything else you want to like say to anyone hearing this podcast today
1: Uh, first off I just want to say thank you this was incredible any any chance to share share more of my feelings and my myself as an artist is is a wonderful opportunity and I appreciate what you guys are doing with um, the new app, and I am I stand 100% behind it, so that's awesome. And I guess just anybody else, like, first off, yeah, I got an EP coming out at the end of this year, so stay tuned. It'll be, hopefully, this new huge wave, and I'll be coming for you all. But other than that, yeah, just live as you 100% are. You're going to find the people that value that, and you just got to be patient, because it feels amazing once you find it, I promise.
0: I love that, and you heard it—you heard it here on Unfiltered Podcast with Instaside. We're so grateful for Mickey today for joining us. Everyone, go follow her, listen to her amazing music. She's so talented and has been just such a voice for good in this world. So, everyone, go check her out. And thank you so much for joining us today, Mickey. Thank you. Thank you again. You're so welcome, and that's signing off from the Unfiltered Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's unfiltered podcast episode brought to you by Instasize. Follow us for more behind the scenes content from creators you love.